Welcome to the Pastors Podcast. This is Pastor Scott, and with me are Pastors Brian and Matt. Hey. Hello. W- waiting. That was subdued. Yeah. Well, he nodded. That was subdued. And you guys, we're, we're, we're doing a video, too. <laughs> the, the nod was for the video. Do you want to explain? For all, the, for all the people tuning in via the video? Yeah. Okay. There's questions about a video. Lest you think that we're being extraordinarily weird, which is the normal <laughs> weird. And so Scott has got his phone. I propped my phone up on a on a TV that's hanging from the a wall. TV mount. <laughs> CRT TV <laughs> mount. It's hard to even describe Square. it. It's hanging from the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. So sort of, this yeah. used to be the, we're in the, the room that was used to be the nursing mother's room. That's right. Is that what this room yeah. is? Yeah, so that's why that yeah. TV is hanging up there. Yeah, and, and that's so why we have the speakers. Nursing oh. mothers would come in here and have the be able to watch it on the original OG live stream. Yeah, that was, yeah. The original. Great intro as always here on the Pastors Podcast. Uh, today, <laughs> today, we're going to, we're, we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the communication that you've probably received over the last week, over the last couple of weeks regarding regathering regarding our hearts buckle up this is a long one did you just just ruin the beginning of my of my email they all have read it they've all read it at this time at the time that they're reading it what if i felt uh, a little uneasy about that and took it out no you got to keep it now buckle up it's a long one so that's the that's the first sentence that's the first sentence of the email does that imply that you have a short one you don't need to buckle up that seems negligent i i think when i wrote it I, I think this is far more thought than had been put into it when I <laughs> you know, most, typed those words. Most accidents happen within a few miles of your home. So, so just you, keep should that always, in mind. you should always buckle, you should always buckle up, up. Even if it's a short one. I That's just because you're there a lot. Though. I can tend to not Statistics. put my um, seatbelt on mm-hmm. until I get to the end of my street. Hmm. And my kids like call me out on it. Why do you think When they're is? in the car. It, it's probably unsafe. It's probably because they. It's probably because they know those statistics, Matt. No, no, no. I'm saying, why do you think you don't do it until the end of the street? I don't know. I feel like it's an ordered. They love him. It's an ordered <laughs> priorities. I, I get in. I'm like, I gotta go. I gotta get somewhere. I'm usually running a little late. Oh, that's so like once once you're like getting going. Yeah. And now, by the, like, I feel like I don't need it until I get on to until you know until I until I turn onto the second street. Yeah. Relative risk. I mean, you know, I'm crunching the numbers. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Be careful we, out there, everybody. That's right. If you're, if you're I will this, say, if you're I, this podcast while driving, make sure your seatbelts on. I will say it has been a year since a lot of people have driven, apparently, because it's pretty rough out there on the roads <laughs> right now. <laughs> There's a lot more cars out, and it seems like people haven't turned their cars on or driven them in a while. So just be yeah. careful. People are yeah. people are losing it, or you just forgot. Me? <laughs> what it's like to drive in LA. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah with, like, with actual yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, with actual oh, yeah, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true too. Anyways, a combination I'm of I'm not all saying that. you forgot to drive, Matt. You have retained full capacity. Yeah, it's everyone for else. Your drive. That it's everyone else. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. This is the safety podcast with <laughs> Matt, Scott, and Brian. What other things should you be safe about? So we should probably be safe about gathering. Yes, we should. Good segue. Which is what we're talking about today, not sarcastically. <laughs> Um, yeah. So we talked. You, you preached a sermon. Uh, by the time this is posted, maybe even a little over a week ago, on "Don't Give Up." Um, people have re- received the email about regathering. Um, we're going to be preaching a sermon series in March, actually, on the local church. On what what is the local church? What's the nature of the local church? How do we think about that? How do we think about that after this year, um, when the existence and where most of our participation in the life of the local church has looked different than it's ever looked before. And at, also over the coming weeks, we're going to be doing some different things with the podcast. You're going to be hearing some, from some different voices, um, particularly about just the work that God is doing in our midst. We want to highlight more and more testimonies, more and more stories of what the Lord's doing uh, around us and um, in the lives of people so that we can all rejoice in that together. But I thought that before we get to that, it might be helpful to talk a little bit just about our hearts for the decisions that uh, we're making and for the road ahead. Um, And I wanted to kind of create some space for that. So first of all, let's talk about corporate gatherings, right? As we've been talking about our work in church, church, Sunday church, Sunday church services, in case corporate gatherings 
it doesn't ring a bell for anybody. Just in case. Church services. Do we call them services? Is that like a part of our ideal or is it vocabulary? Or yeah, I don't know if I've landed on an ideal. What should we call them? Term. Brian? We're pretty. We're like 15 years in. We probably should land on an ideal term. Well, I don't think it was an issue of like, <laughs> like waiting to land. <laughs> probably should be more decisive, Brian. <laughs> He's still working on it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Give me some time. I, I will say when we say corporate, corp is body, right? So it's about the body, not like. Not business. Fair enough. That's why the gathering part probably wasn't the most confusing part. No. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah. Um, Always here to help. So our our public services, our public gatherings, our Sunday services, those things. All of those work. Yeah. So we're so we're doing our we're going to be continuing to do the live stream for the foreseeable future. We're also uh, continuing our outdoor services, which is interesting because. I mean, maybe only people that follow this stuff closely like us know, but we're we're technically legally allowed to meet inside right now. Yep. So thanks, Supreme Court. Why? Why aren't we? Why are we continuing with our outdoor services? Well, I mean, lots of reasons. One is um, the main one is that when you have a church full of different people with in different situations and different levels of comfort, um, you want to do the thing that gets the most amount of people in the same space to be able to worship together. And so like the, the, to be able to like going inside basically takes a segment of our church body and unnecessarily tells them, Hey, like we, we don't really, it's not that important that you're here based on your level of comfort or your like level of health. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas going outside allows them to come mm-hmm. and it's really a pretty small sacrifice for people who might really want to be inside, um, to be able to stay outside because we have such a great outdoor space and the weather is LA weather. And like mm-hmm. there's, it's just, it, so to be able to be all together, it just doesn't make any sense to go inside and exclude certain people from that. Yeah. We have an amazing outdoor space. I, I, I was just thinking <laughs> yeah. about that this morning. I was like, Oh my gosh, we are so unbelievably blessed to have, such a great outdoor space that is safe, mm-hmm. accommodates more people than our sanctuary does. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's not perfect. Sound the equipment is not as good as inside the sanctuary. And, you know, it's harder to hear people sing and there's a lot of distractions and always motorcycles going by. Every time, by the way, a motorcycle goes by, I always say it's you, Brian. Like, oh, there's <laughs> Pastor Brian. I actually <laughs> called you in the outdoor service today. I called you Bad Boy Brian. There, we call him, that's why we call him Bad Boy Brian. I just made it up on Did the spot. Did you get a laugh on that? No, not really. No. <laughs> <laughs> but I just kept saying it. And then I said. Do you think that's because they took it seriously? Or it, well, and, then, <laughs> and then I said, and then I said, uh, I just made that up. We don't, we don't call them that. And then there was one laugh. So. <laughs> I call it a win. Was it Wolsey? No, it was, wasn't. Was Wolsey the one that laughed? <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't. He likes to support. He yeah. does. Yeah. He does. He's, he's kind in that way. Although he was a little goofy today too. But anyway. I feel like the, the, the two of you. Uh, I, I'm not sure if we're going to schedule the two of you on the same Sunday more. Yeah. Or let's give the people what they want. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the outdoor space that we have is is really spectacular, and and you know uh, maybe we would be in a different situation if we didn't have the outdoor space that uh, we couldn't regather at all except for indoors, and it might be a harder call, a trickier call with case numbers kind of being high as they are, even though they're coming down, and there's good news there. Um, the reality is it's it's safe. It facilitates worship very well. It is a beautiful space, and we are so blessed to have it, and we're going to use it Mm. to its fullness until we, um, until we, uh, other decisions are made. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I love that idea of trying to, and I think this is what we've done always, but it 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 gets applied in a unique way right now, like trying to provide context to worship together for the most of us together as as possible um that's a great sentence but the reality is that we um the reality is that that doesn't meet everybody's need right there will inevitably still be people that for like reasons of disability or sickness or whatever can't and so we're going to continue to do the live stream um but i i think yeah yeah and so i I love that idea of trying to, and I think this is what we've done always, but it, it, it gets applied in a unique way right now, like trying to provide context to worship together for the 
most of us together as, as possible. Um, that was a great sentence. But the reality is that we, um, the reality is that that doesn't meet everybody's need, right? There will inevitably still be people that for like reasons of disability or sickness or whatever can't. And so we're going to continue to do the live stream. Um, but I, I think what we love about this outdoor service in the outdoor context is it's a place that we can both encourage people to sacrifice for others. Maybe, maybe they, maybe they've already been vaccinated and don't feel the need to wear a mask, but we can all wear masks just so that we can be together. Right. At the same time, maybe somebody's like, oh, like I'm not like super comfortable, but we've set up something that's safe that, I mean, praise the Lord. We haven't even had a transmission in the last six months that we've been doing it because of the protocols that are in place. And so we can encourage people to, uh, come and gather and that and that's why I think the way we've worded it is we we want to increasingly over the coming months Lord willing as long as the situation continues to um, progress in the direction it's headed now and I think the direction that most people expect it to we want to increasingly encourage you to rejoin us in person um, you know it's not saying hey we you need to come join us tomorrow but we want want you to continue to be thinking about that because joining in this way um joining together in worship is important that's why we're gonna be doing the things with children's ministry too junior church i was out there i saw junior church it's man the setup's so great for junior church in the courtyard um it's such a huge blessing and hopefully in the coming weeks we'll also have pods for preschoolers and be facilitating that as well can you talk um, about that a little bit more you just dropped that. That's kind of like the first knowledge of that, right? No, no, no. I, well, it, should, it should be in the email. Oh, in the email. Oh, yeah. You, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you didn't um, read the email, though, or watch the video so that's going to accompany buckle it. Up, if you didn't you buckle up, if you hadn't fully buckled up, and you might have it's, veered off in it the says, midst of the... It says, also says, please take the time to read all of it, parentheses, <laughs> thanks in advance, exclamation point, in parentheses, period. There's a lot going on in those first two sentences. Mm -hmm. So hopefully if you read all of it, you would know all these things, but Scott wants to tell you also <laughs> about yeah pod, so, preschool pod. It's a cool idea. So I I don't have preschoolers. You two do, but it is not lost on me that like that is one of the most difficult logistical barriers for a lot of people in our church family is kids of preschool age, right? Toddlers. I mean, you know, like. In, in one sense, even like a newborn baby's easier because they're in a carrier. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's like, like they're, they're in a carrier, right? You can like try a time that you can kind of hold them. But once they're, once they want to run around and before they've had the experience of the structure of school, like th there's this window in there that is particularly, it's, it's probably been a particularly difficult hurdle for you joining the live stream just as that is the context of your homes I i've seen assume. i've seen brian uh videos of brian trying to worship at his house and it is uh complicated i think i sent you that video because i think you were preaching yeah i like sent. oh it's really good i said but i think i only caught like a certain amount of it because of this and just showed you you on the screen preaching with all of this <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> it's great <laughs> it is and and that's that's not necessarily it's not necessarily made easier by coming on campus and our outdoors. I mean, we have the family area, which is a huge blessing, and I think uh, facilitates a lot of that. But we recognize that dealing with preschoolers is particularly difficult, and so for that reason, we're utilizing the protocols of the protocols for preschools. We are in the process of developing um, a way that we can provide safely provide childcare for preschoolers, um, probably remaining in pods, probably a, a smaller number per classroom, probably utilizing parents, um, you know, on a rotation to um, help in that and, and kind of keep the, the, I don't know, exposure bubble small, but also be able to provide it, which we hope will help to lift a barrier for um, a lot of you families with, with, with young children. And so Jeremy and the team are working on that as we speak um and so we'll get details about that coming out but i i'm really excited about that because i do know that's a huge yeah that's a huge huge barrier um and but i think w when we think about this season i think it's easy to get distracted a little bit by 
the logistics of Sunday morning gathering, the reality is we, we want to be encouraging people to be proactive, be intentional, even be creative in how they're gathering with one another individually and in community groups as well, connecting with one another. Uh, I mean, <clears throat> Matt, you, you talked about it a little bit. Well, you talked about it a little bit. You talked about it a lot in your sermon today. Um, I'm assuming I actually haven't listened to it yet. I was preaching in Spanish. And uh, <laughs> so, so we're listening to it this afternoon as our family. I talked. I actually talked mostly about um, other things. Okay, good. Well, then why don't we use this opportunity <laughs> to talk about... <laughs> I decided to talk about Ezekiel, just like <laughs> Wow, this really was a shift from the teaching team meeting. Yeah, 12, 12, 12 thoughts on Ezekiel, based on, <laughs> similar to your 12, 12 things to do last week. The, the goal is to see how what kind of streak we can maintain with 12-point sermons. Yeah. Let's see if we can. <laughs> hey, uh, real quick, Brian, how many tribes of Israel were there? There were 12, man. Wow. Wait, how, how many disciples were there, though? Also 12. Oh, wow. <laughs> I don't know why we have three points. It should always be 12. <laughs> Where did the number seven come from? The like complete for, it, you know, seven represents completeness. We've been, we've been reading through this Bible. with my kids. Well, I, I understand you, that. <laughs> I thought you were saying, where did the number like seven, like, ex, like the number like existentially, seven come from? <laughs> Existentially, where did the number like, seven come from? Numbers are. <laughs> no, in the Bible, my, I've been talking about this with my kids as we've been studying through uh, a couple of different things, but particularly with Harper through Revelation. And he's like, so how did seven become the representative for completeness? Like, it's not the Trinity and it's not 12. Like, how is it seven? And I, I haven't, like, taken the time to isn't look it, it up. Just, so this is my research. Asking isn't you it just the seven days of creation? It's like completeness. It's 12. You have 12. 12 days of creation. Disciples. <laughs> You take 12, you subtract the Five. Trinity, and then the two natures of Christ, you get to seven. <laughs> oh, the hy hypostatic union in the Trinity, it's the, the seven. Yeah. <laughs> so if you kind of work with the numbers. All right. I feel totally clarified. Bible now. math I, with I know. Brian. <laughs> I honestly have no idea. I mean, I, I really don't know. I don't know anything like, like Old Testament-wise that, yeah, that like what gives an explanation in the for seven. Of, yeah, what in the nature of God? that like it, there's, something, there's something there that we don't fully appreciate. You, you should study that. There's got to be um, a Bible dictionary entry somewhere <laughs> that you can just pop open. All right. I, I figured as much. I just haven't. It's a prime number. That. It's a prime number. All right. So is three, though. I'm so where in the world were we? Oh, we're talking about community. We're talking groups. about seven. What is the number? Where did no, the seven, number no, seven come no, from? No, no, before that. Oh. We got we to rewind. Um, where? We're talking about community groups. Yeah, yeah, we're talking yeah, about connecting groups. with one another yeah. interpersonally. Yeah. What, why is that so important that we should preach a sermon on it, that we should, um, you know, it should be a part of the email letter communication that's going out and that we're going to do a podcast on it. What, why is that so important to make sure we're talking about right now? Yeah. Wait, I, wait, wait. Brian's got Matt is about right. seven. <laughs> is I it think, a prime number? No, Matt's right. No, it, 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 it actually tracks. So you take it back to creation and it's, because it's not the perfect number. And that's where I was getting thrown no, it's off. It's a number of complete completeness. Yeah, and represents so completeness. So the seventh day of rest is a day of completion. So seven becomes completeness, fullness, like the seven spirits in Revelation, like that whole yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm so glad we had this conversation. That's a, That was exactly Harper's explanation. Was it really? My 14-year-old. He's like, it seems like the seven days of creation, I guess. I'm like, okay. That's exactly like, what Matt I'm like, said, I don't know. It's probably like, deeper. What, um, what, what were we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> well, and also the number of evil is six, right? Or something. So, cause it's one less than it seven. Is. Incomplete. Incomplete. Because evil is a privation of good. Mm. Mm. So. Community group. <laughs> Community group. <laughs> gathering. Why, why are we talking? So why is it so important to talk about right yeah, now? Yeah. I, I, I think it's one of those things that, um, there's a lot of rhythms of our lives that have been, very much disrupted in the last year but i think our relationships with brothers and sisters in christ have been massively uh, disrupted and the kinds of relationships the kinds of discipleship relationships that we're called to have as christians um it just i i think we have um we've lost a significant amount of priority and significant amount of um, uh, intentionality in our Christian 
our relationships in Christian community. And so in this transitionary season, I mean, we've talked about it today, but there's a, there will be a temptation to kind of coast and kind of like wait until everything's fixed and everything's back to normal before jumping back into those relationships in an in- intentional way. And what we're kind of saying is in this transitional season, let this connection point, let this um, intentionality in your Christian relationships with uh, people in your community group, let that be, um, let that be a, a purposeful and uh, engaged uh, kind of posture for you in a season of transition, um, something where you can re-engage if you've been disconnected, where if you've been not connected to anybody, not talking to anybody, not close to anybody, you um, now's the time to reach out. Now's the time to get back into the rhythm of Christian community. Uh, it won't be just in person it'll be you know still virtual for community groups and there's gonna be a combination hybrid thing probably for a while but the reality is um the reality is it's we need each other and and if you are someone who's been disconnected which i think a lot of us have been in a lot of ways it's not a season to coast it's a season to reprioritize christian community yeah yeah you know i mean it's, it's interesting it makes me think of I've thought of actually throughout this whole process a lot about Hebrews 3 and the exhortation there to exhort one another every day as long as it's called today. Um, And I think that in different seasons of this uh, pandemic year, there have been more natural um, impetuses, impeti. What's the plural for impetus? Impetigo. What's what's, what's the plural for impetus? Uh. I, I can Google it like with the number seven if you want. <laughs> All right, so there been to help. <laughs> Impetigo is a skin infection. Sorry. Oh, got it. So there have been different various things that have drawn us into relationships one, one with one another. Even different things that have shown us that okay, wait, wait, we need to exhort one another right now. Right in the first few months, everything was so new. Everything was so in one way chaotic. Like there was this push to be um, creative and to make it work even throughout the fall and the potential um, there was a, a movement towards one another because the numbers were continually going down before it spiked again right and so people were reconnecting and I think that right now there is a significant lack of motivation to push through again to get creative again and to intentionally find ways to exhort one another every day right exhort one another consistently and and constantly and regularly and with creativity and um and it makes me think of this this passage in hebrews 3 where he says you know exhort one another every day as long as it's called today and the reason he says that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And I think that at the same time that we see that th- that's a very real dynamic, right? In the midst of this, not only are we being kind of discouraged or worn down by the suffering around us, but th- there's also a real, real temptation to, de- to the deceit of sin, to the tri- tricking into it that, consistently and, and constantly and regularly and with creativity and um and it makes me think of this this passage in hebrews three where he says you know exhort one another every day as long as it's called today and the reason he says that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin and i think that at the same time that we see that th- that's a very real dynamic right in the midst of this not only are we being kind of discouraged or worn down by the suffering around us, but th- there's also a real, real temptation to de- to the deceit of sin, to the tri- tricking into it that not only um, keeps us away from one another, but also keeps us away from God. Um, and so we we need one another in each one of these seasons. We've needed one another in unique ways, and we I think we need one another in particular ways during this part of this season um, for that reason. And and I know that's not easy. Like, I, I don't want to be like, so, you know, push through and do it. Like, I, I have a great deal of um, just compassion and empathy for the 
reality of the difficulties of that. Um, but I still think they're, they're questions we need to be asking, um, wrestling through find, finding ways for our own good and for the good of those around us who desperately need to hear from us you know, as well. I want to lean on the compassion part because the reality is uh, if you're feeling extremely discouraged with your community group or the community around you, you're not alone. Um, It's been hard. And if you feel discouraged with your own participation or lack of participation, this is a season of grace. It's going to be a season of a lot of grace, a lot of encouragement, a lot of um, uh, compassion. Uh, God's not calling you into judgment or condemnation Uh um, in these this vision kind of we're, we're casting, he's calling you um, to reestablish and, and reset those, um, those community rhythms that are so important for the health, your spiritual health as a, a follower of Christ. Yeah. It's an interesting time because you, you do have a sense, I think, that comes very naturally and does not seem to be wrong that this is a time where we should be exhorting one another tomorrow. I just feel it just feels very normal and like and like spiritual in a way. It's like that's what this you know this is a weird time and that's what we so that's what we should be doing. And then you add on the lack of energy and you know all these things and that just it's a very natural way to do it. And I it's an interesting verse to think about in that you also have the the lack of interaction preceding being hardened not you don't get you're not hardened first and then you stop interacting which is kind of an interesting dynamic that we don't also don't normally default to we kind of mm-hmm. assume well it's, it's it's usually that sin gets to me before you know that's and that's the reason why it's like well no it's there's a way in which these things break up until the ground these interactions regardless of whether they're on zoom or in person or whatever it doesn't mean they're not harder in this season but it doesn't mean they're ineffective in this season and the idea of the deceitfulness of sin in that it's not going to present itself to you as an immediate wrong. And so like you, you have this cocktail right now of things that seem very normal and like, okay. Um, that <laughs> the difference between uh, giving yourself grace and saying like, or giving others grace and saying like, you know, it is, it is really hard and let's show each other that compassion and then by merit of the lack of interaction, yourself all of a sudden not being someone who gives grace. It's like you're being hardened by the, the, the tricks, the, the, the lies, the, the, very, the subtle, you know, inversions uh, that sin puts in you. Um, that's just really interesting and to me very helpful and resonant. I, I'm, it's very relatable to me. Like that, that way of that very subtle way of thinking that it should be just tomorrow like that <laughs> and how all those relate to each other and how we've seen them play out in the world in certain ways in, uh, in not necessarily our church. I mean, I'm sure it has, but like in the church I- over the last year, there's a lot of ways that you can see hardening. You can see uh, sin leading to hardening and you can see that that has some roots in the distance we've, we've had from each other and a just sort of quick and very understandable reaction of, yeah, it's hard now, so we'll do it tomorrow. Hmm. <laughs> so it's so interesting. Okay, so we've got a little microcosm of example of this that I think may illustrate exactly this point. Because so, so j- just yesterday, uh, Laura and I had a conversation in light of a um, j- recognize like a, a parental need conversation in light of. <laughs> recognizing that uh, there were certain things in our house and in our household that weren't working with our kids. Um, and there was just ways in which um, we'd gotten into some bad habits with one another. There were some like uh, ways in which I think even some of the things we were doing was just kind of feeding this like self-focused mentality. And we'd recognized it. We're like, okay, this is a problem. Like, like, what do we, what do we do? And so it was, I don't know. It was, late afternoon and I was talking, Laura and I were talking in our room about it. And I said, you know, I, I, I think we need to make like some of these or figure out how to make some of these kinds of changes, right? Maybe in some of our, even in some of our rhythms, because I think even some of the rhythms in our own house have like encouraged us towards selfishness, even towards one another. Sure. Right. There's just, and so, so we, we, we needed to work. I'm like, okay, we, we need to r- wrestle through this. And I was like, okay, when, when can we do that? I'm like, well, 
you know, we've got some time we were going to spend with them, you know, just some fun time. We were going to go do something this afternoon. We've got tomorrow, we've got, you know, church. And then, you know, Sunday's a pretty full day for us. We were, ha- and we have plans tonight. And, you know, Monday's like back at school. And I was like, okay, may- maybe Monday night. Like, wh- why don't you and I have this conversation about what we should do like Monday night? You know, and she looked at me and she's like, well, I, I kind of feel like we should do it right now. Right. And I was and I and like, in my, I'm like, like my guttural reaction was, I don't want to do it right now. Like it's Saturday afternoon. Like That's not what I want to do. You know, I mean, it's, this isn't even a super long conversation. It was probably like a half an hour, like some thinking and planning and some um, even resolution. But I'm like, no, no, like Monday night sounds great. Right. <laughs> like Monday night sounds like the perfect time. But the problem is, and actually we've been having similar half conversations for a week or two. And I recognized it that the, the problem kept being, I was like, let's have that conversation Monday night. And then like Monday, like you, know, you, you get to Monday afternoon. You're like, man, it's been a long day. There's a lot going, you know, Wednesday night's the perfect time to have push that conversation. It, push it. Wednesday's the first, right. And, and we kept doing it. And so thankfully the, Lord granted wisdom through my wife to be like, no, we, we should have that conversation right now. <laughs> um, and we did, and it was super helpful. But as you were talking, it, I feel like that instinct is in all of us. To be like, you know, actually, there, there's, a time, there's a great time for that. And it's, it's just going to be like in just a couple days, in just a couple months, right? In just a couple weeks. Like, it, it's going to work out really well when I do it there. Um, that kind of keeps us from... Even the the imperfect small acts of relate, because I'm, I'm not even talking about you know when we're talking about exhorting one another every day as long as it's called today, we're not talking about like okay, make sure you have hour long conversations with everybody you know. Like this, we're just talking about little things. It makes me think of our, even our in our relationship with God. Sometimes in our relationship with God, like He just wants us to check in. Like touch. Sometimes we're like, oh, I can't pray right now because I don't have an hour, <laughs> right? I don't have a half an hour. I don't have 15 minutes. Um, makes me think of the Lord's prayer where he's, where he exhorts us to every day. He's like, okay, you know, I thank you God for our daily bread, right? Every day. One of the things I'm doing is I'm just praying that you'll provide our bread for today. And I'm thanking you that you gave it. Like, it's not that complicated, but it is an interaction that continues to shape our relationship. I think even in, in some ways, the, the small, um, the small steps we can take today with one another, um, are going to build so much more than the big steps we're going to wait and take when the time's just right. I, I think that's huge. I mean, honestly, it's huge because a lot of people might be listening and feeling overwhelmed, like trying to jump back in and like go a hundred percent. You know, I know people mm-hmm. who are like that. They're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, you, you know, I haven't, I haven't, um, I haven't jogged or anything for, you know, two years, but I'm going to, I'm going to go run 10 miles. Right. It's like, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. like you got to like, got to pace yourself. You got to work up that stamina. It takes time. Um, little steps. It's not about, um, man, this is going to be, I don't even know if this, this, some people are going to get this. Some people are going to lose it. There, there was a, an old Kings coach, uh, LA Kings coach, hockey coach. Um, and he used to say, um, it's not about whether you win or lose. It's about whether you're winning or losing. And his point was, you, you can win a game, you can lose a game, whatever it is. It's the overall direction you're going. Are you improving? Are you growing as a team? Are you doing these other things? I think that's it's actually true for us in 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 this way. It's like, don't don't worry about you know some ideal perfect you know 100% already there uh, complete um, uh, picture that you have in your head of what this can be. This is this is a call to take steps. It's a call to take steps, even if they're small steps forward towards reorienting yourself around um, uh, Christ and what he's called you to with brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so... I don't know if that tracks. I don't know if I get totally King, Kings fans over there. Winning or losing. <laughs> it totally does. We, do you think the Kings, if you were to rank the most popular teams in our church, would the Kings be in the top five? No. Would the teams ahead of them all be Los Angeles teams? No. <laughs> so we'd have like the late, would the Lakers be number one? Probably. Uh, Dodgers. 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 Would the Dodgers be number one? Yeah. I think Dodgers are wider. Okay. Mm-hmm. Would, would the Lakers be number two? Probably. Yeah. Okay. Would number three be a team not in Los Angeles? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> like a like a baseball team or a bat. Like would number three be the Warriors? Like would number three be the it it probably the Angels? Would, it probably would be, be the Rams. Angels. I think three would probably be the, be the Rams. Rams. Okay, I think it would. Okay, on a survey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a survey, like if you're asking someone in front of everyone, like <laughs> I think number four would be a different team, probably like probably the Giants, actually. Uh, okay. Just because of the population. the NorCal, yeah, yeah, the NorCal like, connection. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Maybe the Yankees or something like that. Where would the Angels Maybe, fall? Uh, so speaking of teams out of Los Angeles, Angels, outside of Los Angeles, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. <laughs> Some inside sports baseball <laughs> there for Scott. <laughs> the Angels would be behind the Kings. Behind the kids. How many teams would we have to go through to get to a hockey team? I, I, I think they would be probably like eight, seven or eight. Okay. Yeah. I think that's probably fair. Yeah. Do would you think they- you have to remind people about them before they write them down? Like if you just gave them a list of, of, of lines and put, put your favorite sports teams in order? I do think hockey gets forgotten. Would our, would, would our major league <laughs> soccer teams fall ahead or behind i think probably la football club probably would fall ahead of ahead the, of the kings. kings you think so that's tough uh with our with uh, wow, there are people we need uh, in the this sparks room this conversation the sparks might fall ahead of the i'm not going to touch that okay all right there are people who know like this would be a genuinely interesting conversation for sports people with we need Stephen monty yeah. and we need Joy. to okay yeah. i think we just scheduled christina, a podcast christina lynn yeah like <laughs> we scheduled a podcast for later in the season yeah we're yeah this could it. be this could be good. Okay, but on on the topic of this podcast, come for the numerology, <laughs> stay for the sports takes for the LA Los Angeles <laughs> sports takes. Uh, so we uh, where are the Clippers? Oh, we didn't even mention the Clippers. Uh, the Chargers, hey, Chargers are below the Clippers. No, you think so? The Chargers are below the Clippers. And no one cares about the Chargers. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, the Rams I, are hot. I, yeah, for I sure. think the Clippers might be number three behind the Lakers. You think? No, in our church. Yeah. No, it's hard. No. Nah, probably not. All right. No. All right. So we, we, we could do this all day. But the, the, the other thing I did want to get to was I, I think that the other temptation we and I think you uh, I think we've mentioned this in a few different contexts, but and, and we'll talk about it more. But I, all, I think that one of the other temptations of this season is when we're talking about our Christian lives, and our lives as Christians in L.A. to really focus on the regathering of us. And the reconnecting, the reconnecting of us with one another within the church. But I think this is also just a huge opportunity to connect and to both connect and reconnect with those outside of the church who are hurting, who are isolated, who have been hurting and isolated, and who who desperately need more than just like a friend. Desperately need more than just us to connect. They desperately need Jesus. How do you, how should we think as a church about the intentionality God is calling us towards uh, for the sake of the those who don't know Christ in our lives? I mean, I think this is, like you said, one of, this is a, a climactic time for a lot of people. Um, it's even a lot of people in, in West L.A., that were not um, kind of directly or immediately affected in say like like a lot of financial ways, like maybe their life has looked relatively normal save working from home, you know, and being like a little like more isolated kind of relationally, but everything else has kind of gone apace for them, um, which I think is true for a lot of people in this particular area. Yeah, not everyone yeah. definitely, but a lot of people. Um, it's still climactic for them. It's still been uh, sh- unsettling and kind of a shaking of the foundations um, that is very easily papered over in kind of nice conversation. Um, like they're not going to open with, yeah, I'm actually reevaluating like my life in a fundamental way because I realize how little control we have and how much I depend on certain things I didn't realize. They're not, that's not going to be their like answer to how are you doing, but it's, th- it's very close under the surface closer now than I think it's it's been in a long time for a lot of people Hmm. and that's not to say that you know what the church does is it finds the people who are you know falling apart and swoops in Um, it is to say that that's the human condition and I think we're we're more people are realizing that than normal Um, and so to have that kind of opportunity right now um, is huge uh, for 
helping people understand what they're made for and who they're made for and what they're made to be and what's available to them in Christ. And on top of that, this is just the time when everyone has been, uh, you know, you've kind of had to keep people at an arm's length, <laughs> kind of literally a couple arm's lengths um, for, you know, a year. And to as that begins to recede, um, it's going to be a hard habit to break for a lot of people, even though a lot of people are going to really want it to be broken for them. Um, it's going to be really difficult. And of course, that's really complicated. There's safety concerns and, and questions about comfort level and all that we have to take into consideration. But I think we're the people uh, as the church who are supposed to be the ones who are taking the initiative to say, look, as this is happening, we're not going to allow distance to continue beyond the ways that it's healthy. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're not going to kind of junior high dance this and wait to see if you want to come, you know, over over to us and see, you know, and we're going to do our best within, you know, reason and safety and, and genuine care for them and how they're feeling and what they're comfortable with. But I think it's our job to open doors and to take the initiative and say, look, we've got uh, things to share with you and we've got a home to welcome you into um, right now in a metaphorical sense. Mm. And we've got an outdoor sanctuary that we can invite you into in a literal sense. There's just there's lots of ways that we can be the hospitable, welcoming, taking the initiative, relational place that it makes sense to be as the body of Christ on the earth. Yeah, I, I think we forget that a significant majority of people in our area of the city live alone. Mm. Um, And many of them probably have been very isolated in this time. And I think Brian's right that there's a huge opportunity for us to be loving neighbors representing Christ in our communities. Um, and that there is a, a an understanding and recognition of the human condition, maybe more so now than there was a year ago, um, the brokenness and frailty of life, the fragility of life, mm. and the need for something true to hang um, hang your hat on. And uh, I think it's a it's a great opportunity for us. It's something that we as a church also need a reminder of. Honestly why we're here in Los Angeles. I think it's a question people are having. Why am I here? What am I even doing here? And I I believe we are called here to represent Christ and invite people who don't know him to come to know him. And I I think that's all part of this time of transition and and getting back into a new normal at some point. Yeah. You know, it, it strikes me that a lot of people that don't know Christ, I think a lot of the people that I know, I get this sense from them that they feel the hope of the vaccine. They feel the hope of things returning to normal. They feel the hope. Of, you know, I was texting with some friends about, you know, registering kids for baseball, right? kind of like in the hopes that maybe, you know, there's going to be steps back towards normal. And it, it struck me that I think there's a lot of people that are going to put a lot of their hope in the vaccine and in quote unquote normal. In one sense, also forgetting how normal wasn't that great to begin with, um, even in, in the depths of their souls, number one. But number two, also, like, like it's not going to be able to deliver. Like, all the hope that they're placing in whatever turns society or the world are going to take in the next six months, like, even if it all comes to fruition, even if it all happens the way that they're dreaming it'll happen – it still won't be able to deliver on the hope that they're placing in it. And, and so I think that's even more so why God is calling us into these relationships, into presence, into being um, with and alongside people. Because, I, I mean, to your point, Matt, I, whether it's being isolated and alone or just navigating this past year without the hope of Christ, without the Spirit, um, People are only are only going to increasingly grasp at straws, and what an incredible opportunity we have to offer them something real, to offer them something lasting and eternal, um, which I think in that sense too is is worth um, the the creativity and the intentionality that it's going to take to to find ways, um, yeah, to find ways to connect.
Opportunity might even be short selling it a bit. Hmm. I mean, I think about like it's it's the right it's a good word. It's not nothing wrong with saying that. I, I said it. Um, but I think call that, me out, man. Yeah, Just say what's the iron sharpens iron <laughs> right here on the podcast. Um, I at some level, I mean, it's sort of like 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 who knew and who cared about epidemiologists you know, before about March of last year, right? You're kind of like, okay, like, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm just kind of imagining an epidemiologist about March, April, May, June, just being like, I don't know, this COVID thing's been really hard. You know, like, I just kind of, it's hard to work from home. I'm just kind of going to mail it in. <laughs> like, it's like, no, like, this is, like, they do stuff when it's not pandemic. Like, they have a job and they have a role. But all of a sudden when this, and I, I don't think they're looking around going like, guys, like, what a great opportunity for us. It's like, what? Well, I mean, yeah, but this is this is what you do. This is your role. This is your job. This is how you serve. This is what you're here to do. And in the same way, that's what the church is. Like, we're not kind of like, oh, cool. Like, here's a chance for us to do something we, no, we like doing. Yeah. This is this is our job. We th- this is what we do and who we are in Los Angeles. It, we're people who do this. Mm-hmm. We welcome. We take the initiative. We reach out. We share the gospel. We reckon with the realities of life in a fallen world, and we talk to people about it. Mm-hmm. And so it's. It's not so much a unique opportunity for us as it is, you know, a, a, something huge that happened that now we don't go, well, I don't know. I, I mean, it's a good opportunity, but it's hard. You know, it's, it's a little tough as much as I get how hard this season is. And we do want to have compassion there. And of course, we understand that it's more just a self-conception. Mm. Like it's, a, it's an identity question. It's not so much like, well, are you trying as hard as you can? It's more just like, how do you consider yourself here? Mm. Are you someone who, you know, would love to take up an opportunity when you see it? Or is this what we do? And this is a time when that's going to shine a lot more because of the situation we're in. We're being sort of called to action by, by the situation. Yeah. And, and even to, to be explicit, when you say we, you don't mean pastors. Nope. And, and you don't even mean just like community group leaders or like leaders in the church. Like when you say there's an opportunity the church has, like it's, it's every Christian, right? Every Christian that's a part of our church family. Like this, this is what we as a spiritual family do. This is what we are here for. This is what... God's both recreated us for and called us to um, in this place and in this time. And and that, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a great way to put it. Right? I think opportunity is short-selling it a little bit. It's not like, oh, okay, like this is an opportunity we should take advantage of. Like, no, no, this is offering the true eternal hope for the world to people when they're uh, thirsty and hungry and struggling and hopeless. Like, what? what a privilege yeah, this is our thing like look around yeah you know like yeah. if you look around the world like there's there's governments and there's all sorts of groups you know like that kind of exist and institutions that exist none of them have this job yeah like this is ours this is ours and and that's why it's not just pastors or not and it's not just like well every individual christian it, it's it is every individual christian it's us yeah like this is who we are and there's no one else is doing this mm. And that's why that's why to me the epidemiologist illustration or analogy is kind of the the, the most apt one because it's like yeah there's no one else out there like <laughs> studying that particular thing that like that's not yeah, the yeah, thing yeah, right yeah like that's their that's literally their job because other people aren't doing it mm. as far as I know at least and and uh, and the church it's definitely true mm. like we're the body of Christ on earth we're the representatives of Christ on the earth we are the ones who spread the message of hope we are the ones who step into these situations even as we do in our daily lives when it's not crazy and we take up the responsibility and the calling yeah. and, and we go do it. And now for some people, it's gonna be really hard and you're taxed and you don't have a lot of extra time. That's fine. The, the question for me is more, do you realize that, that that's what you're a part of? Like, like yeah. is that if you're identifying with that and then realizing, ah, but for me in this particular context, I'm going to, I'm going to really struggle to put a lot of time in. Okay. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a bunch of kids at home or, you know, you're there's lots of reasons why, but like, this is what we are. Yeah. And I think it's just trying to really identify and rec- and not lose our identity. Um, mm. in, in, the, that's the thing that's going to really help. So I don't want to ground it in action steps necessarily for anyone, though that's yeah. important. And you, you do need to think about that, right? But I do want to make sure that it starts as a thing that is our identity and then moves out into how we live with our neighbors and our coworkers and our friends and that we feel a sense of ownership over what it means to spread the, the hope of the gospel in a time like this. Cause it's, it's just us. Mm. And this is what we are supposed to step up and do. Absolutely. That, that's, that's so helpful. I think uh, we, we might, we might have to revisit that analogy. I think I, that may even be one of the angles of that third sermon in the uh, church s- 
series that we've been wrestling with and trying to figure out like what was I mean I think that that identity and how that pours out in um, in the role we play as the church in the city is uh, well Matt took the marathon one today and ran with it (laughs) pun intended science (laughs) you ran into the forest (laughs) there is no marathon It's a gravel road leading to a ditch. There was a, there's a, you gotta listen. I, did, I gotta, can't, I can't <laughs> wait. I can't wait. This after, actually, I'm, I'm gonna go home right now. That's what, that's what, that's what our, we're gonna do as a family. Yeah, Cause our, my, Laura and Addison were helping out with junior church. And so I think we all kind of, uh, none of us have heard it, Matt. I still have it to look forward to. It's not gonna live up to the hype. Looking f- more forward to it than the next episode of WandaVision. <laughs> I haven't seen WandaVision. It's all I just keep talking about. We're not, okay, we are not going off to another, it's it's time, it's been 50 minutes, we're, we're not going off to another tangent. We're going to close up now. We're going to wrap. We about the number of 13. We're going to wrap. Um, thank you for, for listening. <laughs> How would people in the church rank the Marvel movies is the real question. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. Start, you know, the yeah, top yeah. five. Yeah. This is the Infinity War. This is the dinner conversation at my house. Like every <laughs> single night. My, my my son actually just the other day was like, Why why are you so against us watching the X Men movies? Like every time they're like, Oh, let's watch an X Men movie, I'm like, Ugh. Like like why do you not like X Men or like are they inappropriate? I'm like, No, like I'm just so sick of you talking about Marvel movies. Like I don't want more fuel. Like I don't want another like series of movies to like I I we I'm I so somebody else can do that podcast. I can't. Would it help if they ranked musicals? I just can't. Uh, well, that I could do. <laughs> <laughs> we watched Annie on Saturday. The new one or the old one? The old one. Oh, that's good. We, they, we watched the new one before, but the, the old one. The new one's really good, too. And um, Singing in the Rain two Saturdays ago. So, musical stuff. Saturday in my house. It's good stuff. Newsies will be next. All right. Which one? Uh, the one with uh, the sun will come up. Th- wait, tomorrow. So newsies. There's the. There's the. Um, there's one is it newsies. Christian Bale? Yeah, Christian. Yeah, Bale, yeah. Young Christian. But Bale. there's there's a recording. I love, I love how we said we won't we won't get sidetracked. And then we just old, totally you can stop listening if you want to. Yeah. There's a recording of. Well, I'm going to wrap up just after this, so you can. Scott loves musicals. There's a recording of the Broadway one with Jeremy Jordan, who oh, really? is an insane. I did not voice know that. That actually is even better than watching the the uh, the normal Disney one. I mean. The original is pretty. The original news is pretty great, so I'll have to watch the other one. Did you hear Matt hit more or less all of those notes? I did. That was. I that was. I had no idea if I did or didn't. A blind a uh, blind pig finds an acorn every once in a while. <laughs> blind pig. Yeah, blind pig finds an Pigs acorn. Pigs find acorns. I thought yeah. it was a squirrel. It was a. It was the something my teacher said in high school. Blind pig, even a blind pig finds an acorn every once in a while. My grandpa used to always say it, but it was always a squirrel, which I feel like made a little bit more sense with the acorn. <laughs> Anyways, thanks for listening, particularly to the last riveting minute and a half. Uh, even we, a blind pig, pig finds a truffle once in a while. We love you, and <laughs> we'll see you on Sunday. <laughs>